Hey y'all, welcome to Life Coach BFF Show. Do you want to confidently parent your teen while remaining sane and still finding joy in your everyday? Do concerns of their safety, mental health, influences of social media and the ACT, as well as the act, frighten and keep you awake at night? Following a move, finding myself lonely, isolated, and drowning in the realities of parenting teenagers, I felt completely lost and depleted. After a year of sitting in loneliness, I knew it had to stop. I transformed my mindset to something I call living on green, and I'm going to teach it to you. In this podcast, we're giving all things to God, find beauty in the brokenness, triumphs through the trials of parenting teens, all the while finding joy in establishing balance. I'm your new BFF, Heather, and you're not lonely anymore. We're in this together. Get your axe spray out, pick up those dirty gym socks, put your lip gloss on, and let's do this. Hello, my beautiful BFFs. Okay, Mom, I'm going to take over, please. Go for it. Okay, today we're going to be talking about Dale Smith Thomas. She is an international motivational speaker, best-selling author, radio personality, and spokesperson. She is president and founder of Warner's By Choice, Inc. Dale is sought-after keynote speaker for large events, major corporations, and associations. She has been speaking around the world for more than 25 years, and her powerful message has empowered audiences to take 100% responsibility for the results they are creating in their lives. Dale is thought leader and storyteller that pulls from her own personal life challenges to inspire and encourage audiences to make actionable life challenges, both personally and professionally. Dale is a graduate of Mississippi State University who makes her home in Nashville and is often called the Hope Doctor by many of her audiences. She was featured on the Dr. Phil Show. Whoa, good job, LP4. Let's go join the conversation now. Hey, Dale, I'm so excited that you're here. I cannot even begin to tell you. Well, I am absolutely thrilled, Heather, and uh, we're both from Mississippi. So, girl, we're not going to need an interpreter today. (laughs) No, I can understand you perfectly, which is so refreshing. And I am so happy to share your message today with our moms, because many of our moms have teens. And I know that you have lived through the teen stage, Dale. Oh my, yes, I have. Yes, I have. (laughs) And how did you survive it? Tell us. Well, I survived it with a great positive attitude and a lot of faith and threatening with threatening him within an inch of his life. So there you go. That's how I survived it. I have one son, Nick Thomas, and then I have two bonus children. I don't call them stepchildren. I call them bonus children because that's what they are. And Brittany was 12 when we got married and Josh was 14. Nick was also 14. So not only did I raise a teenager, I picked up two more you know, when they were 12 and 14. And so I think for me, it was all the lessons that I teach out on the road. I had to stop and remind myself of my own stuff. And this was back when we had CDs. They would catch me sitting in my car listening to a CD of my own stuff because I wasn't practicing it. <laughs> love it. I love it. It can be a struggle, Dale. I know I was at a Bible study yesterday and the moms were taught, I mean, several of the moms had a story about their morning with their teen. Mm-hmm. And 
I mean, it's not unique just to that group. I mean, that's, that tends to be the norm in the mornings before school. Right. And I grew up um, just down, well, a couple hours down the road from you down in North Mississippi in a little community called Eupora, Mississippi. I grew up a very negative child. And my mother will tell you, we probably fought every day, either about my hair or about, I had zero store-bought clothes. She made all my clothes. So we were fighting over material and patterns and the whole thing. And I was a very, very negative child. It's only when I started to change my input and change my attitude that I began to embrace all of this positivity. And so I started teaching Nick when he was two. Every single day when he would get up, I would say, you can choose to be happy today. And he'd go, I want you to be happy. And I'd say, well, that's okay, Nick. Just so you know, this is your choice. Your happiness today depends on your choice. And if you want to be ill, go over there by yourself and be ill. And so when he would get in trouble, I would say, I'm so sad you chose time out. I chose the park, but you chose time out. He'd go, I did not choose time out. Well, yes, you did. Because when you chose that action, you chose that result. And so I started at a very young age teaching that, but be careful when you do that because they will bring it back at you so fast. He turned that back on me so fast when he was about 10. He, uh, I, was on, I was on his case about something and he looked at me and said, hey, mama, you don't have to let my actions affect your attitude. What? What? <laughs> what? <laughs> and so, but that's what he began to understand since he was two, that his attitude was his choice. And so I'd never made that statement before. That's a Nick Thomas original. But through the years, and especially through the teenage years, I had to really remember that I planted those seeds and they would continue to come up somewhere down the road, even though I couldn't see him in his actions at that moment. Right. Well, let me ask you this. How did you keep from letting Nick Thomas, and I love that when you call him Nick Thomas, how did you keep from letting Nick Thomas's ever-changing emotions affect you? Well, first of all, you got to keep fuel in the car. And you know what? As mothers, we run on empty and especially as women and I teach women out on the road in my seminars, you know, we are the great multitaskers of the world. And, you know, if my husband is playing video games, he is not worried about mowing the grass, but if we go to have a massage or do something for ourselves, we've got 16 things running in our head that we need to be doing. And so we are so fragmented. And so every single day, and I still do it to this day, I get up, super early, five o'clock, I have an hour of power, I call it, I read, I journal, pray, meditate, I get my mind straight, because the negativity is coming, negativity is normal, get over it, but you have to search for the positivity, and in order to combat that, you cannot do that on an empty soul, so even if you take 10 minutes a day, turn your car as I've heard, into a rolling university, but you as a mother, you have to fuel your soul or you have nothing to give. Dale, I completely feed off of energy, the energy from people like you. You could sell me a vacuum cleaner right now. I'm so (laughs) excited. Girl, I don't love a vacuum cleaner. I might can sell you a pair of shoes that I love, but I will not sell you a vacuum cleaner because I don't know how that thing works. 
<laughs> You're so funny. Oh my goodness. Well, let's talk about your books. You have two books out. You have I, Good Morning. I have three. I, I actually have three now. Oh, you have three now. Okay. Good Morning now. Gorgeous, Crown yes. Up, Confidently yes. Respecting Our Worth. And your third is was my actual first one. It's called Solo from Standing in the Shadows to Solo in the Spotlight. And that was my very first book because I was the girl that stood in the shadows. And I didn't believe that I had a spotlight, but my best friend and piano teacher growing up was Cheryl Pruitt, who you may remember became Miss America. Yes. And so Cheryl was the very first person that taught me about having a dream. I was 13 when I started taking piano from Cheryl. She was 15. And so I was there through all those years before she became Miss America. Then after Miss America, I moved to Nashville to go on the road with her. And so I was in the shadow and loved it. I believe that's what God had called me to do was to support her or somebody like her for the rest of my life. So in 1990, when I became Mrs. Tennessee and I started to speak, I was like, whoa, there was a spotlight for me. It just took me a little bit longer to get there. So that was my very first book. Good Morning Gorgeous came out of actually speaking to women around the world and asking them, hey, what was your attitude when you got up this morning? Did you look at, and I said this, this is how this happened, Heather. As you can tell, what's in my head is coming out of my mouth. And I, I was standing on the stage in Arkansas and I looked at these women. And I said, well, let's check y'all's attitude today. How many of you got up this morning and looked at the mirror and said, Ooh, good morning, gorgeous. And they looked at me like I'd lost my mind. Now there's a man in the back that raised his hand. Of course he did. He's like, they always think they're gorgeous, but the women are looking in the mirror and going, what happened to my hair? I look so awful and they don't see the gorgeousness. So I started challenging women. First of all, say it to yourself. And then tomorrow, say it to five women and either text them, call them and do not let them give the compliment back. So that's where Good Morning Gorgeous came from. And so I wrote that book to follow that up. And then crown up means the crown of your head. Because I believe crown confidently respecting our worth now that we all come to this planet. God sends us here with an invisible crown of self-worth, but we bow our heads in disrespect to ourselves. And when we do, it falls off. And so you've got to respect yourself. You've got to honor yourself. You've got to honor the gifts he sent you with. And you've got to stay away from this negativity of everybody else's opinion of you. Because the most important opinion of you is you, but you have got to, like I said, goes back to fueling your soul, or you're going to let all those negative Nellies out there tell you who you are and what you're supposed to be. And so congratulations to you, Heather, for standing in your power and being who you're supposed to be. And we, we talked off the air about us both being technically challenged. Well, yes. guess what? You are facing your fear, sister, and you're doing it and you're, you're living in your gift. And so hopefully Shows like this is part of the fuel for the soul to encourage other women. It is never too late. I don't care how old you are. It is never too late to follow the calling. And my speaking is not just my career. It's my calling. And so find that calling. I don't care how old you are. Age is just a number on your driver's license. So get with it. 
Thank you so much, Dale, for all of your kind words, first of all, because I think that we all battle at times imposter syndrome. Have you battled that yourself? Oh, absolutely we do. Absolutely yes. we do. And, you know, many times we're chameleons. We say no. We say yes when we should be saying no because we think we should do that. We never even pause to think, is this what is really good for me or my family right now? But we just say yes, because that's what we're supposed to do. And especially Southern women, because we've been taught to do that. And so when we really get inside the skill set and the gifts that we have, then we can own our truth. And then also you'll find the people that support that. Look, here's what I tell everybody. If you're coming to see me, come anytime you want. But if you're coming to see my house, you better make an appointment because it looks like a bomb went off in here. And so... <laughs> And, you know, I tell people for years when I would say to Nick, come on, Nick, let's eat, he'd run get in the car, you know, and so, you know, I'm not good at it. And so I have my niece that helps me. My closet looks like a bomb went off. And I'll tell you that right now. I look pretty good when I leave, but dear Lord, it looks like a bomb went off. And for years, I just beat myself up because I was not great at that. Well, guess what? Somebody out there is. And I am great at this. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. Talking to great people like you, sharing a message, writing books. I got somebody else can do that that's good at it. Dale, I love your message. <laughs> I absolutely love your message. So let me ask you this. You have talked about this before about finding hope. And yes. right now, there are a lot of women out there who feel lonely. They are mm -hmm. battling anxiety. Sure. They have stressful situations with their home mm -hmm. life or professionally. Sure. And so sure. how do you have hope when everything around you is falling apart? Well, and I am called the hope doctor, which is helping other people excel. That's my definition of hope. And many times when we are in that pit, and trust me, hey, this is what I do for a living. This is what I write, preach, teach every day. And I'm telling you, COVID about took me out because I have worked almost 30 years to build this career as a woman. And, you know, it's true. In my profession, it's sometimes harder as a woman, especially in corporate America. And so I worked hard for 30 years to get to a level that I was so proud of. And in 2020, I was about to have the biggest year of my career and overnight, girl, it was gone. Overnight, mm. gone. I lost my business in March uh, or in April of 2020. My father went to heaven in May of 2020. My father-in-law went to heaven in June of 2020. And that Nick Thomas decided to get married in the middle of a pandemic. In July of 2020, that sweet girl that he's with, well, they'd been together 10 years. She said, look, he said yes to this day. I don't care who's coming. We doing it. And so by August of 2020, I was like, I don't even know how to pull myself together. But you know what? What I just told you at the beginning of this podcast is where I had to go back to. I felt lost. I felt alone. I felt like I, I am 62 years old. Do I have it in me? to start over again with his business. And I was reminded, God reminded me that COVID could take my career, but it cannot take my calling. And so I decided I would start over. And so, but I did that by continuing that pattern every day, 5 a.m., 5 a.m. Every day I am up at 5 a.m. 
and I read, I journal, I meditate, I pray, I, I dump out all that negativity onto a journal because that negativity gets on a loop and what you focus on gets bigger. It's like pouring fuel on it. So I am challenging women, do the self-care and also find a safe place to talk it out. Find someone that will listen to you and hear your soul and tell you, I am here for you, turn to me. And that is what we have to do. And you know what? I offer that to people. You can find me on email. You can find me on all my social media. I answer all of it, all of it. So if you don't have that person, you do now. Wow. Dale, you are so inspiring and generous with your time. That's very generous of you. Well, you know, it's what I'm here to do. And, you know, we're not guaranteed anything. And so if one word that I can say, or one book suggestion that I can give, or one idea that I can give, can change somebody's life in that way, it's not me, I'm just the messenger. But if I can be used to do that, then who am I not to? And, you know, I get mail back all the time. I always believe, and I believe it today, that if you're listening to us right now, you're here by divine appointment. And there is something here for you. And neither Heather nor I know what that is. But you have to listen to that prompting in your soul. And you have to find out what that is. And that is what I believe every time I step on a stage around the world, I am a girl from Route 3, Box 89, you poor Mississippi, grew up very poor, never believed I would be out of there, and especially to do what I do now. But I always believe that I'm sent for one person, and there's somebody listening to us today that needs to grab onto this. You are being urged to take these messages and put them to work in your life. And when you do that, my greatest desire is that you turn around and you gift it to somebody else. Absolutely. And your, I really believe, Dale, your passion is your purpose. Yes. Your pain is your platform. Right. And when we share our pain and our struggles with each other, we help other women. Right. Because then you don't feel so alone. You know, right. I wrote about, I wrote about in Good Morning, Good Morning Gorgeous about going through my divorce. And, you know, it's not something you put on your to-do list. And, you know, I, this is not something I planned. I didn't plan to be single, in, you know, in my early 40s with a teenager. This is not what I planned. And I grew up Southern Baptist, like my parents are going to fight to the finish, you know. And so that's what we always laughed about. And so I did not see that coming. And then I got sick. They thought I had thyroid cancer. And, you know, it was simply, I think, my body's way of saying, look, you're not using your voice. You're not speaking up for yourself. And all this stress and anxiety had produced this goiter on my throat. It was not cancer. And, you know, they were able to remove it and all of that. But it was a wake-up call for me. And sometimes these life moments, you know, and we can turn pain into power if we will stop and pay attention and stop asking this question, why is this happening to me? We ask that question so many times and guess what? Half the time or no, 90% of the time, there's no answer to that. The question you should be asking yourself is what can I do right now? What can I do right now? And sometimes the only thing you can do is change your mind and that is always possible. 
always possible because the Bible says life and death is in the power of the tongue. And I believe the life and death of your spirit, your energy, your belief is what you're telling yourself. And so take it to heart and listen to the words that you're saying to yourself. I'm not valuable. I can't do it. I can't start over all of those things. Well, they become your self-fulfilling prophecy because those are the seeds you're planting and you're watering them. You better start praying for a crop failure. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Okay. You talk a lot about your decisions determine your destiny. Absolutely. And you need to choose success. Yes. And so what, what does success mean to you? Success means to be giving 100% your effort. Success is not some destination. It's not the car in the garage or the money in the bank. If that's what you want, that's great. But that's not what it is for me. Success is saying right now at this moment, I am giving you the very best I've got. Because again, I think God sends us to this planet with these gifts and these special things that many of us hide from. And, you know, I, um, I have a, a new friend that is an author and her husband is incredibly successful. And if I named you the uh, <clears throat> sandwich chain that's out there, everyone would know it. She's an author. And she said, you know, if we had to, I heard this, uh, she wrote this in a podcast or in a blog. She said, if we had to live on my income as an author right now, we'd eat Roman noodles. So is he more successful than I am? I don't think so. He does what he does because he's passionate about it and feels like what he's supposed to do. And I'm doing what I'm supposed to do because that's what I'm passionate about. So that is success to me. And I loved that. Mm -hmm. Loved that. Coming from someone who's partnered with someone who is uber, quote, as the world sees it, successful. So your success has to be determined by what you feel from the inside out. And successful as a mom is saying today, I'm going to give it the best I've got. I may not hit that mark today, but I'm going to have to hit that mark tomorrow. And to be honest and transparent and vulnerable with ourselves and with our children. You know, when I screwed up with Nick, I let Nick know I screwed up. But guess what? He now has done that. He's 35, almost 36. Can hardly say that. Um, <laughs> can hardly say that. But, you know, through the years, and one of the things that I believe women, especially, and maybe you'll agree with me, Heather, women struggle with self-esteem issues and confidence issues. And I didn't raise a daughter, and but I know women who have raised daughters and it's hard for them to help them be confident, especially in a world now full with social media and all of these messages. But ladies, let me tell you something. If you want to raise confident children, you got to live confidently in front of them. You can't walk through your house telling yourself how ugly you are, how overweight you are, and start talking all this trash. And I think it's trash. You have to speak confidently about yourself. And there's a difference, Cock, not cocky, but confident and say, you know, I can do this. Dale, before we go, please tell me about your experience on Dr. Phil. Oh, sure. I'd be happy to. Okay. Well, let's see. Where do I begin with that? Um, I, uh, I created and owned boot camp for beauty queens. And so the Dr. Phil show called for me to come out. I had just been the keynote speaker for the Miss USA pageant. And, you know, it was one of those experiences that they don't tell you what's going to happen at all. 
And so I said, what are we talking about today? And they said, oh, nobody's told you. I'm like, uh, no. And they said, well, there's a woman on the show today who's had her six-year-old in like a hundred pageants and gone $75,000 in debt. I'm like, what? And she said, we want your opinion. I said, what's his opinion? She said, we're not going to tell you that. Oh no, Dale, no. We will go live with that. And I said, well, I just need you to know right now, I don't agree with that. She said, okay, okay. And that's how it was, Heather. And he was delightful uh-huh. and we were aligned in our position and he was uh, very gracious, but I started thinking, wow, you know, I'm a professional speaker. I'm quick on my feet. I've done radio, I've done other television. I can't imagine someone being there going live in front of that many people and having to think on their feet. But when you trust yourself, back to the message that we've given, when you trust yourself, when you know who you are, when you're, you know, I didn't worry about what his opinion was. I knew what mine was. And I knew this mother was going to say to me, well, she's, he wanted to drive the car and I wouldn't let him because it wasn't good for him. You're still a parent. You still get to tell her, you know, what's good and what's not. So my view of what I thought was not swayed by being on national television. And I knew that whatever came, my faith says, God will send it through me and I can handle it. Wow. (laughs) I saw an episode of the original Bob Newhart, and that happened to him, a similar situation. Wow. I mean, it's, it makes your head spin. And the studio, honestly, I'm a Southern woman. I freeze at 60. The studio was so cold that I thought, what do they do with the guest whose teeth chatter? I just thought, I just can't let my, because it was so cold because they, I guess they don't want his bald head to sweat. So it was so cold. And you know what? The show's over. They escort you out. I got a quick picture with him and I was back on a plane to Nashville. And, you know, but I'm a little girl who grew up with daddy going outside and turning the antenna. So to end up on national television that year, I think four different times, it was just, you know, it shows the power and the grace of God for sure. Absolutely. Well, Dale, I cannot thank you enough for coming on today. I've enjoyed you so much. And thank goodness I was able to stay seated because when you started talking, I thought I was going to come out of my chair. I literally got so excited. So, well, you'll have to have me back. We have a lot more to talk about, girl. Yes, we do. We'll do this again. Definitely. Thank you so much, Dale. You're welcome. Continued success, Heather. Thank you. You too. Thanks again for tuning in. If you enjoyed this episode or have benefited in any way, please go to Apple Podcasts, leave a review. It would mean the world to me. Also, take a moment and be sure and subscribe because we have a lot of exciting events coming up and you are not going to want to miss out on anything. Come say hello on social media. Stop by Instagram. It's at LifeCoachBFF. Facebook at Life Coach BFF, and also we have started a small private group full of lovely women like you. It's called We Are Your BFFs. Come join. We love to have you. Can't wait to see you again next time. This is your BFF Heather from Life Coach BFF Show.